<laughs> Greetings, Wanderers, and welcome to the Return Card. This is your host, Chrissy. Today we're doing a special Halloween episode where we're going to be talking about our favorite type of thrillers, suspense novels. We're actually going to talk about movies as well, um, and we have a special versus this episode. But first, I would like to introduce um, our panel for today. Ahoy hoy, this is Tara here. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Kren. Uh, this is Martin. Excellent. So the very first thing we're going to be talking about is our favorite kind of Halloween reads. If we have any Halloween reads, if we think anything would fit into this night of scary and horror. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone have anything that they like? There's just so much. I mean, this is like one of my favorite subjects. Um, This really does comprise like 75% of what I read just for pleasure. So, um... It's just so hard to like pick just one thing. I'm gonna go off on a limb and and, and say Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's that's got to be my 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 favorite go to as far as uh, classic horror villains and uh, and uh, the my favorite reads as far as you know Halloween's concerned. Uh, of course, there's 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 we we have a huge list of of uh, favorites that we have, right? But uh, that one definitely shines on top of them for me. So I have a question because. When when we talk about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, or when people talk about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, there's actually several different editions. There was an edition that her husband, um, Percy Shelley, I don't even know his husband's yeah. name. Like he's someone who cares. <laughs> he didn't write Frankenstein. His name isn't Mary. Yeah, <laughs> his name's not Mary. Who who does who is he to say he matters? No. Um, but I think it, uh, like her husband had edited her work at one point, and huh. it was a little bit more convoluted uh, that I heard, like as far as language goes. So, huh. yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I mean, know. I just read the novel. He was like, "Let's." I just read the awesome book. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which awesome, beautiful writing. Just got to say it. You know, if if if, if ever you want to read a classic, that's the one to start with. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that I've never actually read Frankenstein. Have you guys? I have read it. Um, what I love about the novel is the fact that, you know, your your main horror creature is not actually Frankenstein. Frankenstein in that novel is Dr. Frankenstein, <coughs> yeah. the man who creates the monster. Well, isn't he like a grad student? <sighs> I can't exactly remember. Like, I do know that he was um, a scientist into experimenting on different things, particularly uh, reanimating dead tissue. Well, at the very, very beginning of the novel, he's, he's in fact, I think almost throughout the whole, he, he the was, uh, he was novel, chasing the idea of the philosopher's stone for a while. And right. And he actually did start as, at him for it. But. Well, I think almost everyone laughed at him for him. Well, not just that. I mean, I just, some of his thoughts in general, right? Like at the very beginning of the novel, uh, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, and it kind of shows through in his studies. This, this He's just, above and beyond what uh, most people are at the time. And uh, because of that, he's also kind of made fun of because of his ridiculous theories, right? I mean, it, like his teacher actually calls him out for it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, you know, since he was uh, spending a lot of time researching the ideas of uh, alchemy, his teacher was yeah. like, really, you believe this garbage? <laughs> and so he locked himself away and uh, threw his his passion, which I think is great in the in the early movies. They depicted him using lightning, though. It was, it's never mentioned in the book. No, how, they never talked about how it. he reanimated the body. It's just, you know, at the end of it. 
boom, out popped this <laughs> this this, uh, this uh, bumbling fool who you know eventually ran a. Uh, well, how how exactly did that happen? He was bu- he's wandering around. Victor was freaking out. He's like, oh my god, this actually worked. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it was like it was great because he's like, it actually worked, and then he gets scared out of his yeah. freaking gore. He's like, oh my god, what have I done? It's like, what if he wants money from me and he books <laughs> <laughs> it? He might, his mom might, might want alimony. Oh god. Oh my god, I might have to support him. He wants to go to school. <laughs> but I mean, on top of that, Mary Shelley's writing style is just beautiful. Oh, it really it's, is. it's lyrical. It I'd really like to good. say it's 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 such a beautiful uh, uh, work of art. Yeah. Um, well, and then it, it really does go with that whole, I like that in the novel, they don't specify exactly how it happens. Yeah. I mean, in movies, they do it just to give us a visual representation. Exactly, yeah. But in movies, it's, it's not just, oh, <laughs> he was interested in alchemy. That's usually not mentioned in the movie versions of 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 that specific character. Yeah. It's usually kind of described as, you know, Dr. Frankenstein being a really weird out there quack that just has some like weird ideas that he threw against the wall. And some of them happened to stick. Yeah. Whereas this was was very deliberate and planned and there was a lot of method and thought behind the entire process. Yeah. And then afterwards it's like, it's like the horror of the event wasn't actually him. uh, Wasn't actually his creation. It was him fighting with, uh, with uh, his, uh, his emotions about it, his uh, his morals about what have I done? Yeah, right. Most of it was just him just reflecting on like I can't believe I did that. Like like God help me. You yeah, know? he basically got caught up in the moment of creation. Exactly. And threw that to the wind, and then it's all self reflection after yeah. that. Yeah. So I think I think that's very interesting as far as like like horror in general is concerned. It moved from being a moral uh, quandary to being something that's physically happening to you. Right. Yeah. Um. And I think I think Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a good example of 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 how people viewed horror then versus yeah with the slashes actually. of today. <laughs> well, I mean, like even with like Cthulhu mythos, that, that kind of yeah. changed uh, pretty drastically. Like back in the day when they were it was first written, and uh, pretty much all of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, uh, short stories, um, it was predominantly the idea of how small humans are in relation to everything else, the world around them. And so it falls in this realm of cosmic horror, which kind of is really just putting humans in relation uh, to to everything else around them, uh, putting them in scope um, yeah. to the point where, you know, these elder gods don't think anything special of humans. They kind of just it's it's a it's a big shrug, you know. And so at the time period, that was that was actually horror. And nowadays, you know, the idea of, you know, gazing on this giant creature and coming to that realization, <laughs> kind of like um the infinite, uh, what was it? Infinite perspective vortex. That That's was in what I was going to uh, bring up. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, because it, that could literally, in the novel, say drive you insane. Yeah, exactly. And so, like gazing on Cthulhu and all of his, his his glory would drive you crazy and mad. And that's really what all of H.P.'s Lovecraft's uh, stories are about. Is 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 all kind of an examination on how people go crazy in those instances. That's pretty interesting. Well, yeah. the, it's I all mean, about that. The, the most I read was the the uh, the what's it called. Um, the uh, something horror. The uh, I want Amity the Dunwich. The, the, the Dunwich, Dunwich horror? Yeah, the yeah. Dunwich horror. That's that the, that's that, that's that's the 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 only one I read. Maybe the Fire Under the Mountain. I think I remember that one. Fire Under the Mountain. The um, Is it called Fire Under the Mountain. It's called something under. The, uh, anyway, um, and uh, yeah, that, that was kind of what I madness. gathered. It was like weird events are happening, but it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> that's exactly, and I I, I kind of love that about uh, the Cthulhu mythos is that it kind of just takes place and the humans are along for the ride. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, um, it's just the humans, uh, whoever the human is in that, that story, 
uh, kind of just giving the recounting of what happened. Generally someone with some kind of scientific background. Almost always, <laughs> right? But um, uh, like even in the Mountains of Madness, like just gazing down. Mountains of down, Madness, thank you. Yeah. yeah, just gazing down on the creations um, that were in the, in the mountains uh, uh, was enough to like really start to boggle his mind. Just the geometries at play were enough to really start to puzzle him. Right, and that's actually the first time the uh, what are they called? Uh, those those uh, it's they're really famous uh, um, H.P. Lovecraft creatures. I might get slaughtered alive by people commenting on this, but it's the uh, I can't remember now. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. Uh, that is one of the few authors oh, I'm not very Shoggoth. Shoggoth, yeah, like Shoggoth, yeah. That's the first time a Shoggoth popped up. So I mean, you you see a lot of that with like the older writings. Like if you go back to Poe. And a lot of his short stories and um, a lot of – Right, yeah. A lot of that stuff. It's more about the actual coming to terms with mortality and the eventuality of death and the emotional play on that. Bram Stoker does that eloquently with with, uh, Dracula. I mean it is literally more about the struggle of a man and a woman and him kind of losing his wife to a supernatural creature. To an entity of evil, but I mean, there's still more of that emotional tug than just, oh, there's a big, bad, dark creature in the dark, you know, feeding on people. Uh, there's there's well, a bigger play there. See, I, I tend to like uh, horror or thriller novels that don't quite touch on the kind of elder quarters. Like, I think those are fun mm-hmm. and those are great reads, but I love it when... It's something very mortal, <laughs> very that's immediate, yeah. very immediate. That's going to Annie this Wilkes, guy. We're looking at you, <laughs> Annie Wilkes. We're looking at you, Annie Wilkes. We're looking yeah, at that's you. Very good. Someone who will kidnap us and then hold us in. Well, uh, like Stephen King is a good author that kind of balances both of them, right? Um, Stephen King will do like. In fact, he kind of has this whole Aldrich horror thing kind of going on. Uh, it like is a great it. example. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, kind the of the like Shining is another one. Um, uses both elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in the case of The Shining, there's still like this paranormal uh, ghost element, right? But like, if you if you look at Misery, like Misery is all human. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's no cutting it. There's no cutting it short <laughs> there. And uh, regardless of what he's writing about, uh, he has a really good way of of uh, kind of giving you butt clenching moments. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like the entire time I was reading, and I was actually just recently, but the entire time I was reading uh, uh, Misery. Um, there's some moments in there that was just really on the edge of my seat. I was sitting there chewing my fingernails like, oh, my God, she's not going to do this, is she? Oh, she's going to do this. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And she did it. <laughs> and she did it. Uh, and so it's this. Uh, it's definitely a shift like from the older stuff, like H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Um, and it kind of just depends on what side of the fence you fall on. Like do you prefer your horror? Um, and, and actually uh, uh, me and your husband were talking about this. Um, about the different horror genres that are available. You have the slasher horrors. Um, these are more in movies, but you have like slasher horrors, like, you know, Friday the 13th, um, mm-hmm. uh, Scream, Saw, uh, Saw Chucky. And then on, then you have like these weird abstract horrors that occur. And that's not even like talking about like the the, the Haunting on Hill House, which is actually really good. I've been watching on Netflix. Yeah, and uh- – it's. I need to put it on hold at the library because everyone wants to read it. Well, I've just been watching the the, the show on Netflix and it's pretty darn good. Oh, there's a show. Yeah, huh? the first the, the yeah, novel is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the novel's phenomenal. I but, mean, yeah, I was about I, to say I you love, read it. Yeah, the novel is just. I mean, if you want a true novel that balances the psychological horror with the supernatural paranormal presence, 
that book does it phenomenally. The sequel to that book, well, I guess it's it's a sequel, but it's a prequel at the same time because it came out years later. But that that novel also is just the way it's written, how it's handled. It's very good. Wow. Because you really do get to see the like the the demented part of of the human psyche, and how the paranormal can kind of manifest because of that. So you you, you kind of get to see it built up and played upon, and that's just really really awesome to me. I shouldn't have taken off my glasses. Now I can't see the board. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I love Poe. Poe does that really well. Um, oh yeah, uh, Poe's uh, the Mask good. of the Red Death. I yep. love that story. I mean, from start to finish, you feel the tension as they're traveling through the different colored rooms. And it, it, it finishes well because literally the black room and the red lighting, and that's the last uh, place where I, I believe it's uh, Prince Prospero. Um, finally, um, he, he dies in one of the, the other rooms, one of the other colored rooms. And they finally confront the, the, the wearer of the red mask to find out that he is in fact a plague victim that has snuck in. And so the entire, you know, principle of them being safe and secured inside a monastery, well, obviously someone was able to sneak in and kind of gate crash them to their detriment. Wow. But I loved how it happened because you really did expect it to be the supernatural presence. when in fact, it was just a stricken plague victim. Yeah. Well, I, so I like a little bit of supernatural, but, where it's more of the immediate, where it's not this like haunting god of terror looming over you. But one book that I had been spouting off at people that they should read for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks was um, uh, Into the Drowning Deep by, oh, I'm going to butcher her name. But she writes under Mira, Myra Grant yes. for that book. But her name uh, that she also writes under, and I think this is her actual name, is Shannon, Shannon uh, McGuire. I'm going to... I butchered that <laughs> completely. My apologies. <laughs> but her book, Into the Drowning Deep, I just can't get over it. Like, it was just so good. Yeah, and I'm actually reading the um, the prequel to that book, the the novella. Um, Rolling Into the Deep. Rolling Into the Deep. And that is, ugh, I love the writing style. I mean, Killer Mermaids, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, what better that you have the deep, dark, murky water of, of yeah, no. the ocean Just, yeah, no. with a supernatural <laughs> aquatic creature that looks and sounds like us but wants to eat us for dinner. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I love that. I love it. Killer mermaids. You, killer mermaids. I mean, you really? Know, when you first think <laughs> glowing about killer mermaids. Wait, they glow? Yes, well, they have like glowing... <clears throat> Oh, so, so is you, it like like just before they come, they, they 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 murder you to death? No, you no, see this no. Flashing light. No, no they're no. actually like anglerfish, and they're so like anglerfish. Just a little thing in front of them glows. Well, no, but what it's about is so how she explains it all is just so good. Like you're like, okay, that makes sense. From a where, side, yeah, where they actually look like fish up close, huh. and you know, from a distance they look like a lady, but then up close they just look like something that'll eat your face. Okay. And that kind of thing. Like, I can get um, behind that. In the book of Into the Drowning Deep, there's they were talking about the ways in which the mermaids communicate and how we really should call them sirens because some of them are not just ladies, right? Yeah. Um, but they were talking about uh, the three ways that they communicate. They communicate through sign language, through and really? through mimicry. Yes. And that any time the um, that they went silent, then they were hunting. Huh. So um, 
it, it's such a good book. Like she puts science throughout the whole thing. So it's, it's trying to scientifically base mermaids in this book and a research vessel goes out. And so it's a whole bunch of scientists being hunted by mermaids. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so awesome. It's really good. Like, As any good horror novel is a bunch of scientists being hunted by mermaids. <laughs> scientists just being hunted down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the best zombie apocalypse novels are literally the ones where the scientists are like holding out hope and like zombies are attacked. I, I mean, again, my, my post-apocalyptic zombie lust. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just about to say like besides um, uh, calculus for zombies, which you've actually heard mentioned a couple of times. Um, like, have you guys read any good zombie novels? Oh, tons. how did I not mention tons? Oddly enough, there's actually one based here in New Mexico. It's it's uh it is a uh, zombie trailer park, I believe is the name, and uh was at least a few months ago, uh free through Kindle. Um, but it is literally about zombies taking over a trailer park like down south uh, of Albuquerque. And, um, you know, like what happens when the zombie apocalypse starts off in they raise the rent. Yeah, they raise the rent. <laughs> so oddly enough, I actually haven't read a lot of zombie novels. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have not. I don't think I've read any zombie um, novels, to I, be honest I did you. read this one novel called Zombie by, I want to say it was Joyce, yeah, it was Joyce Carol Oates. And I don't think it was about an actual zombie. I want to say it was about like a serial killer. I I mean, aside from Calculus and Zombies, the only other book that I've read involving a zombie, well, there's zombies in there, but it it, it circles around this one zombie is uh, the one that I've been trying to trying to goad you guys into reading the the Necropolis archives. Right. Yeah, you're telling me about that. Uh, <clears throat> which I, I I mean I wouldn't actually say that's a horror, believe it or not. I mean it involves horror creatures, but at the same time it's more uh, it's more of a mystery. It's more of like a like a detective novel. You know, it's um, a Monster Hunter International. Uh, that's not exactly a horror novel. Yeah, but it, I mean it, it features all of our you know our favorite monsters. Oh right? yeah, right. yeah. In fact, it has Frankenstein in it as a as a, a primary character. Well, the, sorry, <laughs> Agent Frankenstein's creation. Thank I, you. I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> creation as, but they actually call him Agent Franks. Yeah, they call him Agent. Oh, Franks. sorry, that's probably a spoiler. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. <laughs> um, Whoops. And then it also has uh, the Wolfman, which is uh, well, he's also a main character. Harbinger. Harbinger. Harbin- Harbinger. 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 <laughs> Harbinger. Harbinger. Um, yeah, Harbinger. Um, this is where you could tell we just read the book. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, definitely not a Halloween uh, style read, but. Absolutely fantastic, oh, and I think yeah. Laura Korea I couldn't is the, recommend the author. that book enough. Yeah, really I mean good. that entire series. If, if you're a gun nerd, series, and you love the idea of being able to kill lots and lots of different creatures and get paid lots of money for it from the government, uh, I can't recommend uh, Monster Hunter International MHI enough. You know? Well, and that's just funny too. Like it's really funny. I, yeah, it balances I mean, action and humor. In fact, I think Laura Korea is coming out with the next book here pretty soon. Um, yeah, because the anthology came out recently. Yeah. And so then he has a new book coming out in August 2019. All I got to say is, you know, hard metal, <laughs> hard metal rock listening to orcs. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that is enough to sell me on that book any day of the week. <clears throat> and this is definitely more spoilers, but um, uh, elves do exist in this world. Uh, and they, <laughs> they reside in trailer parks. <laughs> And they, they, they can't wait to collect their check from the government. It's <laughs> that amazing. That was so funny. Yeah, it was, it's a really good book. The government. 
You know, another um, author who does a really good job of having humor in their books, which usually contain monsters, is Aileen Martinez. Yeah, actually. I I just read a book called Chasing the Moon, and um, it's about eldritch horrors, but it's very, very funny. And at one point, the uh, main character, Diana, um, so she gets this apartment, and it coincides with worlds that... Um, so it crossovers with worlds that um, have Eldritch cores in them. And one of them is like this ever-feeding monster, like he's always hungry. And the only reason why he doesn't eat her is because some of the human feelings leech onto him. And some uh. of like the everlasting hunger leeches onto her. So at one point, like she's on the state and she's just eating, eating, eating. And she's <laughs> like, I should probably stop eating, 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 eating. <laughs> but at one point, um, she has this power that anything she wishes can come true. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to go to work and I'm just going to sell a lot of coats. So, because she works in this department store, she just wants to have normalcy in her life. And so that's her thought. She's like, I'm going to sell a ton, a ton of coats. And all of a sudden these people come by and they're like, they already have coats on. They're like, I could use another coat. I could use another coat. (laughs) Until all of a sudden there's this like mindless mob fighting over coats. And she's like, you guys stop it. So so would you say that's a horror or? uh... I I think it's a, it's more humorous, but I don't know. I'd really be curious because I love Ailey Martinez's work. I mean, at least from what I've read. The Automatic Detective. Yeah, the Automatic Detective. Uh, He just has a whole bunch of good works. Like I love love In the Company of Ogres. Um, A Nameless Witch is really good. Uh, Chasing the Moon was really good. Gail's All Fright Diner. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Which has this uh, hillbilly vampire, (laughs) (laughs) like trucker guy werewolf. (laughs) Speaking of which, have you guys ever wondered, like since we've kind of been talking a little bit about, you know, the the old classics as far as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and we talked a little bit about Wolfman, which is actually a newer incarnation of Wolfman with uh, uh, MHI. But have you guys kind of wondered like about, how vampires kind of got, I'm going to say degraded over the time period. <laughs> right? like we yeah, twinkle, they, twinkle, it, there's definitely been a downward trend as yeah, far as uh, what they represented then versus now. I think uh, started you with guys like, need to not bash on my paranormal romance. I'm just saying characters. it would have okay, been. Okay, like if I'm going to do a vampire paranormal romance, <laughs> no, I'm going to do the Black Dagger Brotherhood, just putting that out there. Fair, fair. Because if I'm going to do vampire romance, I want it to be an adult vampire romance. Honestly, I haven't read any, any. well, I've never read a, a romance novel for one, but I've never read a, uh, I haven't read a recent good vampire book. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is a good good one to go with well that's, that's another zombie, zombie one i need to read but yeah <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about zombies <laughs> we, were, we were we were but we moved but on. um like uh i mean like mhr is the last the last vampire book i read you know and it's not even all vampires the vampires were in it and rice uh the, the prince lestat i believe was the last one i wrote i'm guilty of never reading the, Anne rice the last vampire I, Ooh, so novel i read was one called black city it was a series, uh, uh, Black City, but it's another young adult, like, kind of para-romance-y. More romance. Yeah. Like, what's with the association <laughs> of vampires? Anne Rice made, made vampires sexy. Dracula, all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and like, in that, Dracula was not a sexy guy. No, <laughs> he was, he was the no, guy that was, was going to eat you. He was, he was literally eating creepy. flies, okay? Just so you guys know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's chewing on them. Yeah. So you want to make out with a guy chewing on flies? <laughs> you, just saying. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, this just reminds me, like, the actual um, novelization of Dracula. I've never read, but 
from what I've heard, he's just this creepy, creepy guy that you're just like. He was, no, and you get, and no. you, you just reading the, the 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 first chapter, you get this feeling of how this is this guy's not right. There's something wrong with him, and the whole time the guy that's over there is just like, yeah, so. Uh, you want to move to the to uh, what was it? I think uh, London. You, so it you want to move England, to London? Yeah. yeah, we could do that. And the whole time the guy's like, "Yes, I would like to move to London." <laughs> no, yes, I would like to move to London. I would like to move to London. Yeah, I don't that's, know that's, that's my Russian. that's 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 my Transylvanian accent. Yeah, <laughs> very well, very well, like very Soviet blood. of you. Uh, you look very well. Uh, <laughs> uh, you look very healthy. And you're like, you're like, oh yeah, that's weird for you to ask. Um, anyway, yeah. back to the paperwork. Uh, your veins look lovely. He's like, oh yes, you are a very fine specimen. <laughs> not only not only how did Dracula become this like sex symbol, but how did like how did it go from Dracula to the movie of Nosferatu with that creepy guy with the bald head and the like pointy ears and the, the side. I would have taken that guy over uh, <laughs> over Twilight any day of the week. I'm just saying, if Dracula was sparkling in that book, I would have had a totally different perspective. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think Blade did a pretty good. Like, I'm going to movies here because, like I said, I haven't read a, an actual yeah, yeah. like proper vampire no- novel in a while, but. Like like Blade did great. I mean, I thought the, the vampires in Blade were fine. Yeah, Blade Blade did did uh, did pretty good as far as you know depicting the. Uh, if you want to see, you <laughs> they were still watch sexy a good though, series, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Wesley Snipes. I mean, if, you're, if you want to watch a good vampire like show, and you're just doing it for like the kick butt stuff, which is Blade in Incarnate, uh, the new Van Helsing show. That is a really good show about vampires. Mm-hmm. But I really have to blame Anne Rice for that, and I love her writing. I mean, I've read <laughs> a lot of so Anne wait, Rice, including so her... Anne, Anne Rice romanticized Anne Rice was the, the vampire? Interview with the vampire. Did really? it with uh, Louis, it? right off the bat. And, oh, yeah. no, Anne Rice. Yeah, I mean, Anne Rice, <laughs> she, uh, she well, kind of started that romantic vampire thing. I mean, think back to the interview with the vampire movie. Yeah. The two actors that were in it. I think it was what like Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruse and, and Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Uh-huh. So sexy number Rawr. one and sexy number two <laughs> in the oh, roles man. of, you know, sexy vampires. So I mean it romanticized something that should have been abnormal and a little abhorrent into something that was erotic and sensual and they were these enlightened, gorgeous creatures that just did tormented things. Oh man. Well, and I think there's still like novelizations and movies that come up which portray vampires and still that kind of scary yeah. light. But I think yeah. what ultimately comes to the forefront is people think of the romance kind of aspect. And that totally of it. skews it. <laughs> and it skews it a little bit. But like um if if you ever look at the paranormal romance section of books, it pretty much yeah i'd imagine it'd be dominated by vampires it's it's vampires and now like there's there's like certain subsections that are going into not just werewolves but where things like i can wear bears i can take the wear things more than i can take the zombie ones okay because that just it makes no sense no no no, warm bodies was one of those where i was just like you just i do not like them when they run i do not like them to have fun i do not like them with a heart i do not like them to be smart those are my rules for zombies. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't All meet right, those... Cre- <laughs> you can't prepare for this one. I know. She was like, I wrote this down, okay? <laughs> no, but, I was, but I'm very passionate about my zombies. They are my one true love in life. But there, there's there's actually a, a really good uh, uh, recent... Uh, I think it might still be ongoing, too. A uh, vampire TV show that actually depicts them as the horrible monstros- uh, monstrosities that they are um, called The Strain. I believe it was created by... 
Guillermo del Toro. Oh Ooh. yeah, I did hear about actually that. really good. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. That yeah. sounds yeah, really good. That uh, I mean, Guillermo del Toro is really good. I yeah. like Crimson Peak. Great book. I mean, great mm. movie. Um, uh, I believe they did. He did uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, he did Pan's Labyrinth, that, which was another great kind of dark uh, fantasy element book. Not book, uh, movie. I keep confusing those two <laughs> words tonight. Sorry so about it's that. A, it's the, it's it's the we movie keep with moving pictures. I mean, it's a book with moving pictures, right? <laughs> <laughs> the one that explains itself to me so yeah. I don't have to think. So when I have like different voice actors and stuff that I don't have in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. With flashing lights sometimes. <laughs> yep. oh, so, so I want to jump onto that idea too as far as like uh, – like, uh, well, uh, actually, I'll, I'll mention it a little bit later on. But – um. Uh, as far as you know, I mean, uh, with with how how did we get from Dracula to to, to the Twilight sparkling vampires to to I want to marry uh, this man? Where how did that? We're blaming Anne Rice right now. I think no, no. I I would say that she started the romance, you know, the romance yeah. aspect of the vampires. She made them appealing and she humanized them. Well, yeah, and I have a feeling that it came kind of gradually because. Guaranteed if I actually looked into it, like if I actually put effort to research, um, then you could probably find everyone wants to um, kind of explore that depth of human emotion and kind of put human emotion into vampires or any other monster. And they're like, what if this monster had feelings? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I blame that is so, the human curiosity to have monsters like yeah and and with Dracula he could he could well, he could turn into mist he, uh, he werewolves kinds, there's there's all kinds spiders, of spiders I believe him. bats and well well how did that how does that compare from when from Dracula to uh, the Black Dagger Brotherhood right do they they can't can turn into no they can't turn into mist neither in like Anne Rice no no they don't turn it like they don't magically become bats or wolves or mist or no they they maintain their shape there's one role that they all follow they're highly allergic to sunlight and in the black dagger brotherhood the more you're mixed with humans the less you're allergic to that sunlight so like uh. there's a character beth who's actually a half breed so half vampire half human and she's not allergic to sunlight at all. And like, there's a scene where um, her partner is literally sleeping during the day, and she walks out into the sunlight. And when he finds her missing, he like loses his mind because he's like, "What if you would have been allergic? What if it would have started burning you? I wouldn't have been able to go outside because he's the last pure blood vampire." Also, are they like super jealous that she's the only one with the tan? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've always kind of wondered about that because like, it, it's so like normal. They're 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 like regular everyday patterns are just reversed so instead of you know waking up yeah. in the morning they wake up at night um but yeah so again that's more of the human aspect like a- after a certain point in time you don't even really realize that they're vampires anymore so they have like nine to five jobs <laughs> most of them are actually really rich in that particular series they are very rich how are they rich they live for millennia well, and they compound interest. Compound interest. <laughs> so you have these really wealthy aristocratic vampires that had money naturally. <laughs> and then over a couple of hundred years, they made wise investments. Yeah. yeah they invested in the first world bank. Yeah. Wasn't it in uh, I told you in, the uh, Microsoft thing with one of the, wasn't it in uh, what, the second Indiana Jones movie where the guy said that, Hey, you know, if I took this watch buried underground for a thousand years, it's priceless. Right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Might've been the same thing with these vampires. Hey, let's bury some of our junk. <laughs> and then we'll, We'll come back in a thousand years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think these people. <laughs> 
based on my findings. And that's kind of the thing. So like in the Black Dagger Brotherhood, vampires are born. They are literally just a different species. Huh. Um, But in Anne Rice, they are created. Wait, do they age? They do. Huh. Only they look young until their like last hundred years of life. Can they bite and, then and it infect hits people? No. <laughs> like a rock. Well, they, can't <laughs> they, they can bite people, but they can't infect them. So it's like, like literally you're born with it or you're not. But they still have to eat, like, you know, drink blood, right? Uh, that's where it gets a little complicated. So in that particular series, they do drink blood, but what they need is the blood of an opposite member of their species. So more oddly and specific. rice right there. <laughs> so like, I need to suck your blood, but first comes the swooning. <laughs> that's good. I mean, and they actually refer to it as bloodlust. Like if they don't feed often enough, they Lust become weak, the they can die, right but they still need to eat like regular food. And so yeah, there's it gets a feeding really... ritual that they yeah. have to partake in. Yeah, AKA it's it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, if I'm gonna read a romance vampire book, I'm gonna read an adult romance <laughs> no, vampire book. I mean book. that's fair, that's fair. I mean it actually sounds pretty good. It no, and it's really like I said, most book. of it is about that a that interplay between novel. the the characters. Um but yeah, I completely different from Anne Rice, because like especially if you go like Interview with the Vampire to, like, the newest Anne Rice book. Literally, you're looking at, like, 25 years mm-hmm. of her writing. So when she first started, yeah, it was that romantic type of thing. But vampires were still considered dark creatures. They took lives. Yeah. They often killed. Even if it was, you know, you only you only kill the evildoer, they still killed. Yeah. Whereas towards the end, you know, it's like a completely it's different like mythos from my relationship with McDonald's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know this is going to kill me. Yeah, I know this is going to kill me, so but I love it so much. It's so bad for me, but I love it. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's fair. All right, I mean, let's see how I do with this transition. You know who else likes eating people? Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard <laughs> on that. Uh, but we have a versus of who do you guys think would win? Annie Wilkes or Hannibal Lecter? Annie Wilkes for the win. Oh, wait, so Annie Wilkes from So Misery, Annie Wilkes right? is from Misery uh, by Stephen King and Hannibal Lecter. Oh, my gosh. I forgot what the guy's name was. Hmm. Oh, the author? The author. Oh, I love um, the author. Okay, Hannibal who's got Lecter. Google Foo? I've actually never read the Google book. Google Foo. To be honest I, with I have never read the Hannibal Lecter series. I have series. read, um, but I, I have read, read Misery. I have read Misery. So I can compare the, the uh, Thomas movies. Harris. Thomas Harris. Okay, so Annie from Misery by Stephen King versus Hannibal Lecter um, by William Harris. Uh, Thomas, Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris. My apologies, Mister Harris. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, so as far as creep factors concerned, so we have Annie someone. Wilkes. So we have someone who fangirls so hard she kidnaps. <laughs> well, I mean, wait. There's that meme online about the uh, the the overly attached girlfriend, or what is it? Oh called? yeah, the overly attached girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I mean, admit it. <laughs> she's creepy, right? And so the idea of like someone who's really clingy, regardless of who it is. Uh, just seems really spooky. But, but at the same time, I don't have to worry about, you know, like, like this, my this, brain's this jealous ex looking me up and down as if, you know, like, like I wonder, I wonder if this guy'd go, go, uh, go well with, I don't know, a glass of Chardonnay. Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, instead she's looking at pepper, you with a baseball you know, it's, bat it's, saying, it's I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> well, well, with Hannibal, it's, she the, will cut pocket, you just, if you're rude. She just cuts him off. Yeah, she yeah. just cuts him off. Yeah. So, like, Annie will Spoiler kidnap you alert. if she likes you. Hannibal will kill you if you're like 
if you don't raise your pinky up while you sip yeah. your tea. So, uh, spoiler <laughs> alert for everyone, obviously. Hannibal eats people, and he will <laughs> cut somebody's legs off. Uh, she doesn't cut them off. She breaks. Them. No, in the movie she. she well, in, in the, the movie, movie she breaks, she breaks them. them. In, yeah, in the that's book, right. In the, book, the movie she, she just breaks cuts them. those suckers off and then cauterizes that's them. That's right. She does. Yeah, but the entire moment she was cauterizes them. She, she doesn't eat them. Here's well, another thing. What's crazy about that? Annie Wilkes is a nurse who killed well, babies. That's the idea. She goes into like that's the crazy thing. When she's cutting the legs off, she goes into nurse mode. Right completely detached from the action. She just starts like saying nurse stuff the entire time she's cutting off this guy's legs and then cauterizing. Like that's that, like when you think about it and, and like from his perspective, that is absolutely Wait, terrifying. So how does she cauterize them? Does she like uh, heat up a plate? I and, like, ha- no, it was a propane tank. I think from the yeah, garage she, or something she, like that. Oh, that's nice. Think, think about yeah. like, like when you're using like a welding kit, you know, she like welds that Yeah, crap she like down. torched him. And then yeah. I can't remember exactly what she used. But it was it was flame, you know. So she uh, she just cooked them. Pretty gruesome scene. Um, in fact, it's it's. Uh, I mean, obviously Hannibal. I think has. Uh, I, actually, I don't know if he has a higher kill count. How many did he kill in the books? Oh, crap. Quite a bit. Quite a few people. But I mean, again, Hannibal Lecter killed people because he didn't think they were civilized and he wanted to eat them. Annie Wilkes killed babies. I mean, come on. It's kind of hard to like. Not find that a little. And what was her justification a, for killing him? Like, there was a. I thought she had like a reason. Th- there was it. a reason. She she had reasons for everything. That doesn't mean that they I, like made did sense. Did she say that they were sickly or something? Like they were. They weren't like perfect or yeah, something. Yeah, they weren't. Like uh, she went the way of the Spartans, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Spartans were uh, like leave, uh, yeah. leave them out in the woods overnight, and uh, whichever one survived was hard enough to become a Spartan. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, the only thing with Hannibal is that at one point he cuts this guy's um, head oh, to brain. where the brain is oh, yeah, going. Yeah, he, yeah, she, he cuts up in the brain pan. And then he eats it like it's like sashimi. And he's like... While the guy's the, alive. But, like, while the guy's alive. Okay. Wait, is that, that in the book or the movie? That kind of raises him back up because... Okay, in the movie, I, I, saw him, like, he, I thought he fried it and fed it to him. Oh, you know what? I think he did. Yeah, in the movie, he like cuts off a piece of his, you know, like just, you know, oh, there goes a little bit now, of the frontal Now, granted, lobe, it's... It's been a while Sautés since a I've, I've only since seen I the read movie, the book. So, but yeah, it's I, been I've a never long time since I've read the book. But I think that he does that in the books too. Okay. And at one point, like, there's this guy who, like, I I guess was crushing pretty hard in Hannibal, and Hannibal like. When when this guy was high, Hannibal's like, "Here, cut your own face." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and so the guy's like, "Wee." <laughs> okay, and so I I just have to ask, like, in this versus, is it like them versus each other, or is it like who do you think is yeah, more I mean, jacked? Up? Let's do both. Like, how do you, who do you think would get a higher kill count? And then also, if they are ever pitted against each other, who do you think would come out on top? Uh, okay, so, so random encounter. If if any Wilkes just ran, if they if they both just hated one another, right? And Annie Wilkes just randomly like walks into the same shopping center that Hannibal's in. Yeah, Annie Wilkes. Like, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I have to agree. Mode. Like she's I mean, really strong for her size. And not only that, but brutal. she has that ability to partition herself. So literally, take herself out of there, remove all emotion in the situation, and then just get her done. Well, remember she's I mean, like she, yeah, putting this this poor author around, you know, just kind of like <laughs> lifting his ass up and like moving him around. Like it's nothing. She's pretty. She's pretty stout. Well, I mean, with between Annie and and Hannibal, is you have pure like smarts because Hannibal's very intelligent. Oh, yeah, like yeah. that's his that's his kick. I mean, and he's got that, to be to, to have gone away with it for so long. I yeah, mean. and not that Annie can't be intelligent. Like she she has forethought in what yeah. she's doing, lot, but yeah, she's amount, more actually. kind of brute brute force. <laughs> so here's the thing I have about with Annie Wilkes. You know the fact that you know her kill count. 
you know, was 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 out of her occupation, right? You know, she she had access to to being able to take these people out, and they were all babies, right? Mm-hmm. That's not as I prestigious as you know taking out full grown adults. Some, some of them were the were elderly people, but it was and, mainly people that didn't really. Couldn't really yeah. defend themselves. And even with the author, the author, like, whereas what, swerved Hannibal, out of the way and ended up crashing, right? That's what happened? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he got really loaded one night and was just, like, driving down the road and ended up crashing. Yeah. And, and he ran into him. Yeah, know? and so, I mean, that that's... Yeah, it's not he, like she she overpowered him and then dragged him in, you know? she she she. Although she does do that to a number of people in the novel. Let's also not forget, okay, because she really does blitz a couple. In fact, she blitzes some uh, she, a police, some officer, police officer. Yeah, yeah. doesn't she like the sheriff or something? Then yeah, she runs his head over with a damn lawnmower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the while, while saying, This is your fault. Yeah, you if did you this wouldn't to have yourself. done this, oh, you, <laughs> and, killed and, this yeah, you, you killed yeah, this man. Yeah, you killed him. I did not do this. I did this because of your actions. So, I mean, Hannibal doesn't really need to psychologically screw with his victim. He's just like, I'm going to eat you now and you will get in my belly. Well, I think some of them he's like, you know, I don't have to, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) I I think. Oh, the dark psychological things that our evil people do to us. Well, like Annie Wilkes just sticks. It's probably because I haven't read the Hannibal novels, Mm. but Annie Wilkes just has a special place in my scary, scary heart. (laughs) That is creeptastic. Like in fact, I was. Uh, who was I listening to? Uh, George R. R. Martin was doing an interview on on uh, somewhere uh, with Stephen King. It was actually in Albuquerque. It was here in Albuquerque. Yeah, I mean, he has a, a horror. Uh, he has a couple of horror stuff. Well, in this instance, he was he was actually uh, recanting a story about how he received a book in the mail, and it was misery. <laughs> with no no letter. Yeah, nothing. no no letter, no just explanation, a just a book of misery. <laughs> And so imagine being that poor author receiving a, a book. Oh man, that's literally about shaking in my boots. Just yeah, <laughs> about someone fangirling hardcore on an author. Really hardcore. Yeah, yeah. fangirling to the point of murder. And on top of that, <laughs> not liking his murder. newest novel. All right, because oh. Annie Wilkes hated his newest novel. Well, because she killed. Oh well, he killed Misery, right? Which is her favorite character. And so all, basically, uh, he like inadvertently prolonged his life, I think, because he had to, you know, basically write Misery back in. Like, I need to save Misery somehow or else this chick is going to kill me. Yeah. But that was the, like, the whole purpose. I mean, they in the book, they have like, I would almost call it like a suicide pack or a murder-suicide pack almost, they where totally they're both do. going to die when he completes the book. He doesn't really want to die. No. But he knows that there's really no other choice but to go along well, with that intention. Because Annie has her, like one of her depressive periods where she she goes through this ridiculous up and down the entire time. And she's an emotional roller coaster, basically. Where some days she just flies off the handle for no reason. Other days she's just really happy and treats him, you know, with a fair amount of respect, I guess. And then other as days, as much she as you just, can, when, after you've cut someone's legs off. Yeah. Well, I think like up until the cutting of the legs off, it's kind of like, eh, she's kind of just <laughs> not quite that bad. Like after the cutting of the legs off, it's pretty. Yeah. Uh, she she kind of just goes into the depressive mood. But yeah, then she has her whole depressive streak, right? And that was actually during one of the per- depressive streaks. She's just like, nope. Just walks in there, kind of sits at the edge of his bed, like, okay. We got to do this. I think she has a revolver in her pocket or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, she doesn't – there's not even a real rhyme or reason for for her to do it in that particular instance. Like he does things earlier in the novel that would have warranted something like that far more than the moment she actually decides to do it. Yeah. I think it was – it's a good book. I mean, 
Y'all read Stephen King's Misery if you haven't read it. It's a it's a pretty darn good. Just read. Stephen King in general. I mean, the man. Yeah, just read Stephen <laughs> King in general. In fact, we could make an entire episode. We need a few. dedicated to Halloween. Well, Stephen King. I'm gonna tell you guys. You guys need to read Hannibal. Yeah, we need I to will. read Hannibal. Yeah, I have I'll, not I'll read Hannibal. Yeah, definitely. And even the TV show has been really good. So There's a TV show. There is a TV show called Hannibal, and I um, watched that because they did. Um, they did on? the movies. Oh, I don't know. It's been a while since it's been out. And Tell I me think Netflix. <laughs> it, I think it might be on Hulu. On Hulu. Hello. Or it might be on Netflix. I'm not Hello, sure. I will I will look it up. So, if, I mean, if we're going to talk about books and movies that kind of just tie in together in that intimate way, I really had to bring up like a blast from the past, Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. any 90s course, kid, any yeah. true 90s kid hears the word Goosebumps and just... You know, they there's get little, goosebumps. Yeah, you get a little goosebump, <laughs> you get a little get sense goosebumps. of elation because it came out every Saturday morning cartoon, goosebumps. Favorite goosebumps book? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, say cheese so and die. Say cheese and die. Really? Say cheese and die. That was again. a pretty popular one. Say cheese I, and oh, die um, was just a great one. God, I could I forgot the title, but it's the one with the puppet. The dummy? Oh yeah. yes. That oh, one is such a great one. What was the name of it? Oh, they did. They did a few. I can't remember. What there it was. was like two books of yeah, the puppet there, there one. Well, there two. was one I think with just the puppet, and then there was one with like a whole bunch of other puppets. The yeah. bride of yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah. Sitting, they're sitting on a couch or something like that. Uh-huh. But I think that's uh, like what really got me into reading. To be honest with you, was Steve? Uh, no, Stephen King was <laughs> was R.L. Stein. Stein. Yeah, yeah. R.L. Really, Stein. Mine was a. Uh, like I was into Goosebumps, but I was more into Animorphs than Goosebumps. Oh, I guess that could be considered a horror novel. No. Um, it Animorphs? scared me every time I read it. Uh. Yeah, because it was just terribly written. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh. I'm really kidding, all of you Animorphs fans. <laughs> I'm, I'm glaring for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, both you and Crane are Animorphs friends, uh, aren't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah was, I love Animorphs. I was straight Night across. Of Living Dummy. Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah. yeah. That well, was there was like word. Egg Monster from Mars. There was uh, Say Cheese and Die. Uh, there was the uh, don't 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 try to list them all off because we'll be here. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, so, listen, we so only have many. so many hours. In <laughs> there's so there's many. a lot of them, but uh, they're all really short. Well, you know, you know what was great about that time? Definitely something I want to get yeah. my kids started on. Well, exactly. I mean, they got me into wanting to wear like uh, like I actually started wearing Converse, Converse because yeah. of those. Yeah, like I I don't know what it was. I just absolutely just loved love the those Chuck books. Taylors. Yeah, love Chucks. Gotta <laughs> wear my Chucks. Yeah, what was great about that time during Goosebumps is not only did you have the Goosebump uh, books and shows, but you also had Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Yeah. And I think it was called like what the Campfire Horror Stories or Campfire Stories? Mm-hmm. Oh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Also, uh, mm-hmm. Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, you know what? Yep, Are You Tales Afraid of the Dark, Dark was around like Campfire. Tales from the Crypt had that one dead guy. Yeah. Who's yeah. Black. When I was a kid, I was yeah. terrified of that guy. Every time, you he was know, creepy. I'd I'd, I'd I watch laughed. the intro, like, and as I soon as he'd see the pop out, streams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man. that was just a great time for horror for like younger kids, yeah, and and for teens. And you know, I I mean, I guess you could technically go a little bit further back with the Twilight Zone, right? I the, mean, the Twilight oh, Zone, yeah, yeah. And now they have Black Mirror. You oh yeah yeah now they have Black Mirror. I've only ever watched two episodes, and one of them was. A great episode. Relations with the animals. So that was. mm. (laughs) That's that's just how much he believes that. I wish you guys could see the disgust on my face. (laughs) Probably their best episode. (laughs) (laughs) Another one is uh, The Walking Dead. Although, I I mean, I do know that there's a lot of um, maybe a little contention with that because 
uh, The Walking Dead actually started off as a graphic novel. It did. And the graphic novel just, you know, to, to, to throw it out there, very significantly with characters, storyline, everything from the TV show. So yeah. I'm I'm sorry to all the TV viewers who never got to see the graphic novel before they got to see the TV show. Yeah, yeah it's not quite the same. And at that same token, you know, don't don't go to the graphic novels to think that you can get a sneak peek into the next season. <laughs> yeah, because it's just not going to happen. You know, I I feel that happens more and more with TV shows, and now somewhat less with movies. Like movies are. I think sometimes act, yeah, what are they trying that? to accurately portray. They're taking artistic liberties, right? Very <laughs> artistic, much artistic license. Liberties. Yeah. Art, liberties and license to do as <laughs> they wish. Okay, so for our last topic of the day, which is what is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, I got to go with the caramel apple suckers. Caramel apple suckers? Mm. Uh, Reese's. Reese's? Reese's? Yeah. Jeez, uh, for, Jeez. for me, it's 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 uh, Rolos. I I don't like I don't like the peanut butter, but uh, for me, Rolo. I love those guys. The little uh, caramel filled, chalk covered in chocolate deal. A caramel or caramel, whichever one my wife hates the worst is how I pronounce it. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> what about like, candles, one she tells candies me. that only come out during Halloween? Like oh, that's like, what I said. The caramel apple suckers. Oh, just the caramel apple uh, suckers or candy corn. My, my sons I love, love candy oh, corn. I love candy corn. Thank candy you. My that's sons what I was love say. candy corn. No, no, it's an no candy corn. <laughs> I have to agree with the, the other three co-hosts. I can eat it, but it is not Wait, my favorite. Other three. I love candy corn. So you're gonna need to pull that back. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. The other two co-hosts. Um, <laughs> I'm here alone oh, on an island this. of candy corn. And <laughs> someone on YouTube, very uh, not YouTube, on Facebook, very correctly posted a while back, and I hopefully I'll be able to actually get Christina to, to throw this up. Not if it's, it's called the anatomy of candy corn, and it shows the it shows a giant candy corn, <laughs> and on the very very top it says basically the white part of the melon, the watermelon, and then it shows the orange part. A pile of trash, one of the worst things you've ever tasted. <laughs> and then the yellow part on the bottom is absolute garbage, a disgrace to candy. Why does this exist? Is this guy like reading my mind? What's going on here? here? <laughs> like, this, like, wow, whoever it'll, made this. It'll cost you a bag of candy corn for me to post that up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, I, I will admit that, you know, candy corn is kind of synonymous, or at least when you when you think of uh, of candy corn you automatically go to Halloween it is right? absolutely yeah. synonymous with bad tasting but, but I think the reason why you go there is because candy corn was like the stuff your parents left you out of the Halloween bag oh, like uh, growing up in the 90s there was that huge like razor blade in the candy scare and so your parents had again artistic liberty to take your candy from you to inspect it. Yeah, they're like, this is to protect you from the razor. I'm pretty sure a parent just came up with that just so they can take the kids' I actually candy. I think that's the entire concept, right? In fact, I, 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 I vaguely remember having those candies handed back to me like a reward or something. If I yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like... Then they'd run off and hide oh, You the made stash. me work for that. <laughs> but like, I, I got it all night, night long wearing this dumb doofus costume. Plus, honestly, candy. you guys, you know, now that we're all older and we buy our candy, if you actually go out and you price candy corn compared to like the big bag of like Kit Kats, it's like 17 bucks for a bag of Kit Kats. Yeah. Whereas it's like three bucks for a huge freaking container well, of candy corn. I wouldn't even touch that if it was in the dollar bin. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like Tootsie Rolls are really cheap. Yeah, like, Tootsie Rolls. Uh, I, I, okay. Tootsie Rolls, I'll eat Tootsie Rolls Smarties all day. Smarties are really cheap. It wasn't until the other day corn. when Christina brought to my attention that they make 
chocolate candy corn. I might change my mind when I get there. I wouldn't change my mind. <laughs> so, they are better, but I wouldn't say that they're like great. Gold plated I, chocolate I'm going to pull us all back to the same team and say that we can all, at the very least, hate Halloween peeps. Oh, yeah. No. Yes. No, those, yeah, no. Those get buried oh, in the backyard. Black, black licorice. <laughs> yes. Oh, black no. licorice. No. No, I can't. I don't like licorice. Mm-mm. No. What about no. Uh, what about peanuts? Oh, the, oh those, circus like, peanuts? peanuts? No. Oh, heck no. Nope. Our no, grandmother no. loves those things. Okay, Nana, don't listen to this. <laughs> uh, Tootsie Roll Pops. How many of those did you guys have? Like All of them? Like, um, almost, yeah, Tootsie Pops. I love Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Well, the Pops. Oh, the pop! How many lips does it take oh, to get this? Oh, I love those, those too. Though I only like the chocolate ones. I actually don't like the other fruit flavors. I totally I like agree with cherry. you, but if all the chocolate ones are gone, I go to blue. If <laughs> those are go. gone, I go to purple. If those are gone, red. <laughs> there's a, pop. Just, there's a method pop. to our madness here. <laughs> there's a hierarchy. <laughs> like, because that, I mean, like the highest density of and of candy in my bag is Tootsie's. Was, was, was Tootsie Rolls, uh, Smarties. I actually had a teacher that used to like give you extra credit. I kid you not. She'd give you extra credit if you brought her bag of Tootsie Rolls after Halloween. Are you I'd serious? Like, 20, you she'd me? give you 20 points of extra credit. I if would you sink her, 100 uh, bucks yeah. into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, is each bag worth yeah. <laughs> So literally, like the very next day, like all the kids who actually wanted extra credit would bring out an entire bag of all of their Tootsie Rolls. Wait, hold on. Was this before or after Halloween? This is important. It was after Halloween. <laughs> okay, never mind. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, no. If yeah, you brought oh, her, she's handing them out, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that she like. Oh, hey, Jimmy. You know, can't wait to see you in class. Is that a tootsie roll? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was literally like the next school day after Halloween. But okay. yeah, you got extra credit for that. And oh. I was like, I don't like these things anyway, so I'm gonna take them down. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? let's take a second to actually focus on peeps, right? <laughs> Let's go back I don't to think that enough hate hole. has been thrown at peeps yet. The rejected marshmallow puffs that no one wants. Oh, man. No. Like, no. how many times? Did, uh, I don't know how you guys' parents were, but, like, our parents oh, they buy always tons. had tons of tons. Peeps. So can you guys describe your last experience with eating peeps? I had about Everyone 20. Peeps, um, right? I, I had, I've, like, I've 20 it, yeah. in, That's like in describing a city my last root canal. For yeah. me, it's like playing it a horrible. really difficult video game you know at first you got to get past <laughs> all of the sparkly stuff that they have on top of it right and once you like grind your way through that oh. all of a sudden you just have all this fluff that's just uh. filling your mouth and you're fighting through it and you're like why am i still eating this do you, and do you're you, like well i can't spit it out i gotta swallow it but you know it's just there's I've just come so this much far. oh i spit you that know, sucker out you want to know the best far. experience i ever had with peeps we went on a camping trip, me and David. We went on a hike trip, and I took a, a pack of Peeps and some some cocoa. <laughs> so since the 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 the, the cocoa you didn't have marshmallow, I, I just put the cocoa? marshmallow. In the, yeah, I just put the peep right. I would in the have a lot that of fun. Hard over survival like a, going on right there. Yeah, I mean, you guys are really just like scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel there. Just had to pee outside. We got these peeps. <laughs> Completely isolated from society. Had to survive on peeps. Sounds terrible. I'm like, I don't have marshmallows, so I'll use this. Um, I, you know, I actually kind of do wonder how would how would a peep taste in s'mores? You think that would help it out? No, no. I think I think it, would just it didn't help it out in the cocoa. If you just, if you just yeah, like, it didn't help it out in the cocoa. So and just put it, it over the it, fire. It is a valiant And what's effort, worse though, I is say. I had yellow pieces floating in my cocoa. It just like ruined the entire cocoa experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not the color I want in my hot cocoa. Well, burnt. not only that is you can't even you can couldn't even trick me into believing. Oh, it's a marshmallow. No, that's a effing peep in my. <laughs> <laughs> that's a peep. <laughs> we can cut it up. And 
and just use the white fluff and it would still be apparently a peep. Oh, and I would still be pissed off that it was a peep. I'm sure there's someone out there listening to this who's like, I love peeps. Yeah, like, oh, I these love guys peeps. like, I, I'm sorry to you, listener. I'm sorry We've that all been you scarred, love though. Yeah. Every yeah, Easter, my peeps. worst hated candy you? was peeps. I, yeah. Who no, didn't hurt I mean, you, listener? To me, it doesn't you? matter how you dress it up. It's still a peep. I don't... No. <laughs> well, and then we were looking these up the other day um, for this episode, and they had like the have fun and decorate your peeps. And I'm like, who would do that to their child? <laughs> That's a punishment. Uh, that. <laughs> we're have sorry fun. to the decorate makers of peeps. peeps. Yeah. Sorry you think your candy's good, but it's trash. You're going to have to think of Unfortunately, something Unfortunately, we're going to have to put this in the same category as... Black licorice, and you black don't licorice. want to be in the same category as black licorice, okay? I, yeah. In fact, I think I'd rather eat an entire bag of black licorice than in a, like a full box of Peeps. Well, I'm thinking like like circus peanuts, Peeps, and and like black licorice. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like the stuff you give to naughty children. <laughs> no, yeah, that's screw the, the razor blades. Like well, that's enough to kill me. <laughs> that's Instead you know. of cold, they give you Peeps. Yeah, they give you Peeps. That's when you know you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're like, okay, get the extra candy. (laughs) Quote, unquote. Oh, yeah. No, if I wanted to be evil and mean for Halloween, I'd just hand out peeps, circus, peanuts, and black licorice. Oh, no. Don't do that, Tara. And candy corn. Might as well just go with, like, yeah, and candy corn. Might as well just go with the toothbrush and toothpaste at this point, man. Uh, I'd be afraid of my house getting egg, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, those kids are going to like my... No, no, screw, like, like just the the house getting egg. They're going to like my car on fire so, <laughs> here's, here's a question on a similar subject what is the best Halloween candy or Halloween treat you've ever gotten like and specifically Halloween right? Halloween like you were out trick-or-treating as a kid and they busted out something that you were just like oh my god legit caramel apples like full blown caramel apples and this was back huh. I yeah, I got some of those too. The problem is one. I had to carry like this caramel apple. The I ate it time on around. my way. <laughs> we did get caramel apples one year yeah. where we had to carry them around. Yeah, I got caramel apples. I, but it was so good. It was just so um, good. It's it's not directly for Halloween, but um, there was this Native American practice that a friend of mine took me to. Oh yes, and right. you basically go. Uh, it's almost like Halloween. You go house to house, and they they feed you. Uh, you know with. That's yeah, no, that that was a really I mean, no. It was like deer tacos, elk burgers, elk burgers. Uh, I would. Was it Orejal Orejal? Or then I would go back to like that. Forgive me for yeah, not yeah, remembering right? the exact name. It's a very important Native American culture. So I f- forgive me for not remembering I, I the. I can't remember name. it either, but I just know but that it was fantastic. Are you talking about like a feast day or? It kind of was. It was kind of like a type of feast day. The problem is I don't know what it's called, and I feel kind of bad. I even mentioning it that I don't know the name, but. But uh, it was, I mean, uh, you went about, and I went with you one year too. It was yeah. really nice. Like the families like, are very welcoming and open and yeah. like, you know, it's I've heard of it, way better than I've just giving candy. Ever participated. It was way better than just giving candy. Like uh, we got invited <laughs> to a, a tip, house. Guys. I had a huge tray of <laughs> okay. just, you know, shrimp. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like a full table spread and they're just happy to you know, have us come down. It was pretty cool. Yep. Um, for me, a full sized uh, Milky Way. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know. Oh my gosh! Whenever someone gives full size candy, yeah. their house is untouched. It's pristine. By exactly. The end of that is the stuff of legends. <laughs> yes, it you is. Hold on to that location. In fact, I think it was like fabled, like most years. Like, oh, 
you know, there's this the the block down over there. They always hand out the yeah, big exactly. yeah. You always had the rich neighborhood that you went to. Like you you'd go trick or treat in your neighborhood, and then later on. In the middle of the night, you drive out to like that really rich, nice neighborhood where you're like you expected to get the really good candy. Always happened. Yeah. What was your scariest trick or treating moment? Ooh, uh, we actually got followed by by an older guy. It was a group of Uh-oh. me and our like middle school age friends, and there was a guy who was just kind of like a little far too interested in a group of young girls trick or treating. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that was. Probably the worst. That beats my story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I got chased out of a haunted house once, but oh. that's not yeah, really no, as bad. Thankfully, we lived that. like we were trick or treating in the neighborhood of a teacher, so like we actually knew where the teacher lived. So once we started getting creeped out, we ran to the teacher's house. It's same teacher with the tootsie rolls. By the way, we're like, there's someone <laughs> after us. But uh, yeah, yeah, that wow. was that was probably the worst and my best. A Halloween treat was actually an energy drink. The people ran out of candy and they left their line on. And so they felt horrible when our group showed up and they started handing out like sodas and drinks and just whatever they had. So I literally ended up with like a, like an energy. I think they were full throttles then. It was like a full throttle uh, and like a Mountain Dew. And I was like, I got a Dew and nice. a full throttle. Yeah. One time I got a six pack. No, uh, <laughs> a six pack of Bud. I egged that guy's house. No, uh, <laughs> I, I don't really have so much of a scariest moment, but I remember I lived in Colorado for a number of years when I was younger and uh, my cousin's uncle. So I don't even know how that works, but uh, he did a haunted house every year and I was dressed as a ninja and I had a plastic sword that went with me and I was going through the, through the house um, to get the candy and I felt something behind me. I turned around and I swung my sword and hit the guy in the face. Luckily, he was wearing a mask, so oh. I don't think it hurt too much. But then I screamed and ran, and he chased after me, and I hid in my parents' van, and my dad rolled down the windows while the guy was outside. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying like to push the windows back By the way, i just like to give a shout-out to Chuck. Chuck, <laughs> Don't you, give him kudos you for You did this. a great job with the kiddos. <laughs> oh my God. Some of your stories just like, like slay me. It was me. awful. I was trying to hide underneath the van seat and my dad was just cackling as he's rolling down the window <laughs> and the guy's like reaching over the window to get to me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yes, See, that's, thank, that's the parents. Thank, thank you, parents, for the trauma. That you have inflicted upon us. So, but now I I try not to go into haunted houses as much because I've noticed <laughs> I have a very visceral reaction to being scared. Yeah, like if I so if she's she's by herself at the house, right? Or let's say by herself in the living room, rather. Okay, and she's like she's like baby as um in the bedroom or or whatever, right? I'll try, of course we all try to kind of spook the people we live with, and so I'll kind of like move into the shadows ever so slightly. Then I'll hear. Baby, baby, <laughs> and then she'll get up, <laughs> walk her way down the hallway, and I get into the perfect position, just kind of hiding, slide out of sight into the shadows, and then she gets closer, <laughs> baby, <laughs> and I jump out, Rah! and she punches me in the face. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I can picture that. I do something very similar to my husband. I throw elbows and <laughs> I, I call it my zombie response because you know he'll be behind me and I'll feel breathing or or I'll hear teeth chatter and my first response is hit it in the head. Hit it in the head. Yeah. Destroy yeah. the brain. That's her. Take it out. Take it out. <laughs> See, remember people, there are three different reactions when you're confronted with a scary or stressful situation. Fight. Flight 
Uh, fight, <laughs> fight, flight, and freeze. <laughs> so, uh, so my 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 scary horror moment is going to be very different from your, your guys's as far as Halloween's concerned. And you guys are all probably going to relate. Well, not relate, but you're going to feel for this one. So, I lived in a small town, right, in, uh, up in uh, Henderson, Tennessee. And uh, in Chester County, everyone had decided that. Well, okay, let me let me just tell you the situation. So my mom takes us into town. We got our trick or treating bags. We got our costumes on. No one's out. There's no trick or treaters at all. It's just a ghost town. What's going on? So we get out. And like we must be early, considering it's like eight o'clock at night. But okay. And so we're walking around. We go to the first house, and the guy's like, "Oh." I didn't know we were doing trick-or-treat today. Turns out, the entire town decided that they were going to have trick-or-treat the day before. I missed (laughs) Halloween. That's a horror story. That that is a pretty bad horror story there. I love that the whole town was like, oh, we all got together without you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> See, like, I would have been like, hey, terrible. mom, guess where we're stopping on the way home? Oh, man. Yeah, oh, my goodness. No candy. It was wow. so disappointing that year. You know, that reminds me. I forgot what county it is while seeing um, uh, news cycles about this all over where apparently there's a county or a town that bans people who are older than, like, 12 from trick-or-treating. Wow, what did they get a ticket? I mean, uh, I have or something. No, well, I mean, what's funny is that this law was put into place, I think, in the 1960s or 1970s, and it just never got taken off the books. off the books. Also, not honored or something. I'm hoping I, at least. I, I hope not because if they're really like arresting 13 year olds for trick or treating, that's yeah. I'd rather if I had a teenager, I'd rather my teenager go trick or treating than out than, doing other things. Yeah, yeah. than like egging houses. And so stuff. here's actually kind of the funny thing with with me and Martin. Uh, I don't know if many of the listeners know, but me and Martin are siblings. I um, so when when we were kids, uh, trick or treating was usually done together most of the time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know for any listeners out of state, but right around Halloween in New Mexico, it tends to get very cold. Always. It is always <laughs> More cold, cold than it was the previous couple of weeks before. So when you would buy your Halloween costume, you often didn't buy it thinking that it was going to be 25, 30 degrees outside while you're trick-or-treating. Um, so oftentimes you would see a lot of cold, shivering little kids out trick-or-treating. Um so a lot of trick-or-treating was done out of, like, vans and stuff. So the parents would drive you up to the next house. You'd run out, go to the yeah. door, get your candy, go back inside for a few minutes of warmth. Go five feet. Yeah, go five feet. Yeah, they drive to again. the next house, and then you just jump out of the car, <laughs> raise your little butt up to the door. Exactly. You know, maybe if you were lucky, you got a corn dog from, like, Sonic on the way home. Uh, <laughs> Had your parents raided your trick-or-treating bags while you weren't paying attention. What's your guys' uh, favorite trick-or-treating moment? Not oh. not like the best thing that you got, but what's your favorite trick or treating moment? I'm sure Christina's was getting chased by that guy. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> not my favorite, my favorite trick or treating moment was when Martin was, um, I don't know, I must have been like 15, 16, mm-hmm. and Martin had just hit his growth spurt. So like before that, like I'm five four, so I'm really short. Martin's like six two, um, but before he you know got his growth spurt, he was shorter than I am. And so right before Halloween that year, he like hit a massive growth spurt and was like super tall, like five, eight, five, nine. And when we went out trick or treating, they asked him, you know, how old are you? And he's like, I'm younger than her. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm still pretty young. Please give me candy. <laughs> 
Uh, I, yeah, I don't really have a favorite other than like those times at uh, my cousin's uncle's house of doing the hall uh, of of doing the haunted house. There wasn't really any that stand stood out. I remember the last Halloween I did. I think I was like thirteen or fourteen. I think I was fourteen because I was in high school. I was a freshman, but I remember then being too, told I was too old, and I was like. <laughs> But I like candy too, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll dress up and all that kind of stuff. It's not cute anymore. I know, it's <laughs> not cute. Like I, I don't know if I have a, a favorite to be honest with you. Like, like a, a moment that really stands out to me. Um, I mean, like there, like I said, the, the scariest moment I had was you know, walking up to this haunted house, and then this guy just kind of like peels off the side of the wall and comes chasing me down the down the street. Um, that's probably my favorite one. I mean, that was probably the best. Oh, I did get chased uh, chased by a guy with a chainsaw on Halloween at one point. That's pretty good. It, no, it was not. <laughs> I'm not very fast. So just so you guys know, uh, Christina does not like scary stuff. So we're, we've been talking about like horror movies. We've been talking she's about very go watch Disney. Yeah, right horror yeah. books. She's Tonight she's going to have to like go well. watch Peter Pan. Oh, wait, no. I brought up bad things about Peter yeah, Pan Peter and the Mermaids, too. Well, the mermaids, so. oh, well yeah. no, I mean, that's not so much scary. And I can read that. It just wasn't to my interest. But more of like, I like the humorous kind of. Like, it's so she be likes scary, horror that's humor. not so much horror. So yeah, she's, she's, that, she's uh, not going to watch Scream. She's going to watch, you know, uh, the, what was it? The scary, uh, a scary movie? A Halloween? I can't remember the name. Oh, I, I'll watch uh, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I'll watch Hocus <laughs> Pocus. Christmas. Hocus Making Pocus Christmas. was great. I put a spell on you. Huh? Are you yep. Talking about Pumpkinhead. Not Pumpkinhead. Um, no, what was the Scream knockoff? The Scream knockoff. Oh, you're talking about the movie with the Wayne Brothers. Uh, I don't know. Something like that. Um, but I'll do Cabin Crimey. in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is that's that, 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 it's a I good movie. It good. It's a good balance of horror and and hilarity. Oh, it's like yeah, when they bet on for what justification it. for horror. Oh, I come on. That. Army that's of that. Darkness, man. That Army oh, of Darkness. You can't go wrong with Army of Darkness. I mean, Army of Darkness. It's just, oh, come on. Ash. I have that Ash. movie poster in my living room. I love that, too. Whenever I feel down, I just look at Ash. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, Ash is having a way worse day than you are. <laughs> yeah, no matter what you're going through, Ash is going through worse. <laughs> All right, so to wrap up, let's uh, talk about what we're reading now. Right now, I'm reading Mira Grant's uh, Rolling in the Deep, and it is going to be preceded with uh, Drowning in the Deep. Excellent. Right now, I'm, I'm going to be picking up the uh, that Hannibal Lecter book. I think it's what called The Red Dragon, right? Uh, there's, I think Red Dragon is the first one, if I remember it. I don't remember if Hannibal or Red Dragon is first, but I think okay. Red Dragon. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick that up and take a look at it. You know, it feel kind of festive, not really, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like I should read that. <laughs> <laughs> Sink your teeth into something, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I think it's Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs. It sounds delicious. Hannibal. Num, num. <laughs> With, uh, lima beans and nice Chianti. <laughs> oh, um. I'm actually reading uh, Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Uh, Stala actually inspired me to read that one. Now, I, so I have a question that. about that. Why is it spelled with an S in the front? Because uh, the kids, um, apparently the kids, uh, I, I'm not done with the book yet, but, but uh, the, the kiddos are actually the ones that kind of maintain the cemetery. 
and the kid spelled cemetery wrong with a, an S instead of a C. Ah. And so, like, when you walk up to it, it's spelled, you know, pet cemetery with an S. Okay. I was wondering if that was like, you know, like like in England, they spell color C-O-L-O-U-R, you know, if there's, there's like a like a colloquial difference. But, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much <laughs> where they have it. And so far, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's on par with uh, the rest of Stephen King. Really. Uh-huh. I'm reading uh, a couple of different books. Uh, one of them is called Corrigan by Rebecca Kenny. Uh, I'll link it in the post, but it's pretty much about an Irish um, mythos uh, called the Corrigan. And I think they kind of work as similar as vampires. Like this gal, she's a Corrigan. And in order for her to step out into the daylight, she Just has to it. go and steal life force from people. Ah. And she like the first one that she did is like this baby. Like she goes and steals a month of life from this baby. And so that way she can go out in the sun for a month. And it's actually pretty interesting. That, that is an interesting yeah. mechanic there. There is. And then the second book I'm reading is called The Prisoner by Sarah Allen. And it's about this gal who gets abducted by aliens and they take her to the planet. Um, and apparently women are adu- abducted to be companions toward uh for the male aliens but not real they're not meant to be sexual companions uh but that's you know that's, that's where that, that sounds goes. like that's direction is you know that that's where that goes aliens, why didn't, we should do like a paranormal a paranormal episode <laughs> that's an aside from what we're doing uh, right now yeah <laughs> so, at some point so there's gonna be an area 51 <laughs> yeah so many romanticizing of otherworldly creatures well and it's <laughs> like it's supposed to be the socio uh, sociological look at the this very stringent alien race that has very um in-depth rules and laws of etiquette and how you should react like um, at one point, it talks about how they had to ha- have a whole different social status for humans because they can't think of them as equals to the alien race, but they can't think of them as animals, right? So they had to have this whole other social status for humans and make laws based around that. Yeah, they're that's, called that, pets. Because that's, that's, that's still like well, an species relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually the main character brings that up. She's like, so am I an effing pet? Like, what's going on? At that point, and, that's what we are. We're pets. Well, and the guy's like... No, you're not a pet because you have more rights than that of of a pet. And she's like, yeah, you can ask for what you want. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So it's this very interesting look. And I I like it a lot for kind of the social commentary. Like there's these two two gals who were abducted as well. And they argue about like civil rights all the time. And apparently they're the reason like they were the legit reason why now you can't talk about social and political issues or any kind of controversial issues because they got into too many fistfights <laughs> over it. <laughs> and so the aliens were like, humans cannot be trusted to do <laughs> civil conversation. <laughs> so it's it's a very interesting read. I like I I'm about halfway through it. So Okay. So far I like it. Cool. <laughs> All right, so that is our episode for today. Hopefully you have enjoyed. If there's any books um, that you would like to recommend to us or short stories, by all means, you can post it in the comments or um, message in Twitter. I'll put my Twitter handle in um, the episode description. And may you get lost in the book. And happy Halloween. And happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. Buffalo! Buffalo! Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs>